So <clears throat> this is the kind of um, reason why I'm constantly watching TED Talks. <clears throat> because why don't we do this, what he just showed us, in chiropractic? <clears throat> why is it that if you look at <clears throat> most chiropractors who are out there advertising today, they're pretty much advertising for themselves or maybe a several different offices, right? <clears throat> but if you look at chiropractic organizations, they're not advertising for everybody, right? Colgate, as an example, <clears throat> does it only advertise for certain dentists, right? Does it say, if you actually went on the Colgate website, would there be a find a Colgate dentist on their website? <clears throat> no, why is that? Because the dental profession has gotten it together, right? The dental profession has gotten it together, and they said, we can't do this like every individual for himself kind of thing. If we want to make this profession really big, we have to start doing it together, right? We have to start banding together as a team. So it doesn't say, go, you know, go on 1-800-Colgate or call 1-800-Colgate and you can find a particular dentist in a certain zip code, right? They're just saying, go to your dentist regularly. Like, look at every toothbrush, look at every toothpaste. It says, go to your, see your dentist regularly. Right? Why can't we do that? Right? What is so up with chiropractic that we are so afraid to advertise for the whole profession and we're only willing to advertise for certain people who pay a certain amount of money for a certain zip code? Right? That's not how you build a profession. That's how you build animosity between people. You know, how come he's on my zip code and I'm not? Right? Why would we need to build that? Right? Why doesn't someone go out there as clever as this guy and create this, this chiropractic educational thing online like he just did with, with logical thinking, right? <clears throat> I agree with him that, that creative, that his logical thinking and, and this line of reasoning is very important for us to teach in schools. I think it's really important. Wouldn't it be more important to teach the kids about health? Wouldn't it be more important to teach them about chiropractic, about the power that's in there, <clears throat> that made their body, that heals their body? Why doesn't someone create this online virtual you know, thing to show people what chiropractic really is? what their health really is, because people out there are deluded, right? Are you getting that? Are you seeing that from your patients that you're meeting in clinic, especially patients who've had no chiropractic experience before? They are deluded. They have no idea what health is. <clears throat> you know, a new patient came in the other night, <clears throat> and we did a report of fines with her, <clears throat> and, you know, the way I uh, talk with all our uh, new patients is I'm always assuming that they know nothing even though they've been to chiropractors before. And that's exactly what happened with this you know, lady, is that she, she said, that, you don't have to tell me all this stuff, I got it. You know, I, and I'm like, no, I'm, I, I have to pretend that you know nothing. Because chances are, even though you, you may have been taught certain things by, by your previous chiropractors, you may not have been taught what chiropractic is. You, know, you may have been taught how to be a good medical chiropractic patient, but you may not have been taught how to be a chiropractic patient. And that's what I want to ensure. I want to make sure she gets it. And if she doesn't choose that, that's her own thing. <clears throat> but at least she has the information, right? That's the key. At least she has the information. Why is it that everybody's coming into our offices or clinic or your peak office or wherever? Why is it they come in with such misinformation? Who gave it to them? We did, right? Over the course of generations and generations and generations, chiropractic has been watered down from B.J. Palmer's day to our day. It's not the same thing anymore. 
Very few of us out there are actually talking chiropractic. Most, of it, most chiropractors are talking whatever they want to talk about. They're not really teaching chiropractic. And what chiropractic teaches is teaches you how to think again. So a child comes in with a fever, right? Well, why do you think that, is a kid six months old? What's a possibility? Teething, right? Why doesn't anybody teach that? Why is it that we have to teach that? Why does you go to a pediatrician and you say, <clears throat> my child has a fever, and the pediatrician says, here, he probably has an ear infection, take a stand at the bottom. Where's the critical thinking in that? Why aren't we teaching our patients to think, to say, okay, so if it's an ear infection, isn't this the same time that it could be teething? Like, could it be teething? Yes, it could be. Well, if it's teething, then what, do we need the antibiotic? Well, no, then we don't need the antibiotic. Well, then how do we determine if it's an ear infection versus teething? Well, you really can't. Well, then what should we do? Well, what's, the, what's the, uh, the American Academy of Pediatrics philosophy on the first ear infection, the first supposed ear infection? What is their actual philosophy written down in stone or in paper? Wait and see. That's their philosophy. If you read the American Academy of Pediatrics position on ear infections, the first ear infection, <clears throat> as long as it's mild and they're not like, getting seizures or whatever, the first ear infection is a wait and see philosophy. But is that what's happening? No, it's because the drug companies have taught them not to think. Don't think, let the drugs do it for you. Don't think, the doctor knows better. <clears throat> right? My mom, unfortunately, years ago, had colon cancer. I sat down with her after she got her diagnosis. I said, Mom, I want you to be really careful of the decisions you're going to make in the next few months because they're going to change your life. <clears throat> we sat down with the oncologist after she had surgery and she was finally doing better and they wanted to give her the chemotherapy. And I said, Mom, understand, chemotherapy is rough. You're almost 80 years old. Chemotherapy is very hard. Ask questions that are smart and well thought out. We kind of went over it. I may believe that I was a doctor reading over stuff because I really want her to get this. <clears throat> so she goes to the, she says to the doctor, what are the side effects? And I'm there with her. And the doctor has the audacity in front of me to say there are no side effects to this chemotherapy. That just what I do with my eyes is exactly what I just did. I'm like, sorry, sir, with all due respect, that's not exactly accurate. Everything is a side effect. Everything, even sugar has a side effect, right? I said, please tell my mother what the side effects are. There are really, the, all, the side effects are very, very mild. There's no real big side effects. I said, I'm not asking about big. I said, what are the side effects? Oh, well, <clears throat> there are some side effects. I said, well, you just said there weren't any side effects. And my mother actually said, Drew, stop that. Let the man talk. I said, okay, that's fine. <clears throat> so we left, the, we left this office, and I said, Mom, this is completely up in your ballpark. Whatever you want to do, I love you no matter what your choice is. I'll support you 110%. You want to go this route, that's totally fine. I'm suggesting you get another opinion. I'm suggesting that he did not answer our questions fully, and you do something else. <clears throat> she said, Drew, but he told me this is what I should do. And back in their generation, my mom's generation, what were they doing? Right? So whatever the doctor says, the doctor is right. So my mom is dead six months later, mostly from a reaction from the chemotherapy. Right? And 
this still to this day, I can feel the buildup in me, but I am finally at the point where I've forgiven everybody involved, including my mother, for not having the, the ability to think, for having the ability to think to think, be taken away, right? People in society have taken away people's ability to think. Saying yes, sir, one of my favorite things, when a patient says, I have a question, I'm like, like, I'm sorry, but I have a question. Excellent, ask it to me. I want you to think. Don't just yes me and then I, I, you don't have an answer to your question. Ask me. I'd rather you ask me. I'd rather you be, that means you're participating. Right? <clears throat> I, said to, I said to my mom, there's one question I do not want you to ask. Which question do you think that one was? How long do I have? Because my mom lived almost in a day to the diagnosis that he gave her. Six months. He said, you got six months. Yet I have seen other people since then who have had very similar cancers live a year, two years, three years, five years. Right? But my mom follows directions of the person who's in authority. And I was her little boy. How could she follow my directions? Right? <clears throat> so... What we have to do, the reason I'm telling you such a personal thing, what we have to do is we have to empower our patients to think for themselves. Empower them. Let them think for themselves. Let them realize that there are consequences. But here's the most important thing. Guess what? There are consequences to not getting adjusted. Right? There are consequences to getting adjusted, sure, but there's consequences to not getting adjusted as well. <clears throat> you don't take care of your child right now with these kind of things. You don't take care of these primary reflexes. You don't get the child's nervous system developed. What's going to happen? He's six years old and have these problems. It's going to magnify and multiply exponentially as he gets older. Have them do the research. Have them go to websites. Have them go to melillo.com. Have them check things out so that they really, truly understand what is going on with them. Right? Don't, don't expect people just to be sheep and be herded like he said, sheeple. You know, people just be herded and just say, yes, doctor, anything you say, doctor. That's the worst patient because you know what? A lot of the people who say, yes, doctor, anything you say, doctor, they show up for a few visits and they have all these questions that they're afraid to ask and they don't ask them, they don't show up. You want the fully engaged patient and the fully engaged patient is that person who asks questions, right? And asks the right questions because you are doing potentially life-saving stuff by making people ask questions. I know in my heart that if my mom said, wait a second, I don't like what this doctor said. I'm going to try someone else who maybe has a better uh, thing and someone who says, yeah, you know what, there are side effects, but we're going to minimize it because we're going to do this, this, and this. And we're going to try this kind of thing, and if this happens, we'll do this approach. This doctor changed nothing. As my mom was degrading and degrading and degrading, he changed nothing. It was a cookie-cutter chemotherapy. <clears throat> That's not how to be a great doctor. That's not how to be a great chiropractor. It's cookie-cutter chiropractor. Bam, bam, crack, 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 crack. That's not being a chiropractor. That's being a mechanic. Right? If you want to be a vitalist, you want to be a chiropractor who deals with the nerve system, then every adjustment should be different than the one before. Every adjustment should be involved with thought process. Every adjustment should be, what does that patient need today, not what are the easiest things for me to hit? What are they, where are the high spots? Let me hit the high spots. Right? We have to go way beyond. For chiropractic to get to the next place that we need to go to, we have to go way beyond the critical thinking that he was showing here, the, the world of the future that he envisioned, the, the, the fun website thing that kids can play on and that 
Schools can get involved in. Where are the kids talking about chiropractic like that? Where are your friends? Your friends are the ones who have all the, the design degrees and communication degrees and computer degrees and coding degrees. Why aren't you guys asking your friends about this stuff? Right? Ask your friends. Tell them to get involved. Tell them we need help. Show them this kind of thing. Say, can you make something like that? Can you make a mock-up? Can you make some sort of thing that kids can get involved with? Because this is what we're missing in chiropractic, right? We're trying to teach people chiropractic based on 1950s ideas, right? But we have to come up with the ages to figure out stuff. And it's not just using fancy machines that make all kinds of bells, buzzers, and whistles. We have to use things, images that really would capture their attention to really understand that they have the right to think and they should be thinking, and what can we do to encourage their thinking, and what can we do to make them better patients so that they really understand what's going on. So when they refer someone, and they bring their family, they bring their friends, and they stay on the lifetime care, they're not doing it for the wrong reasons, they're doing it for the right reasons.